I, I don't know. I don't know if the the idea is to learn, you know, go to school and learn um, a certain task, so that you continuously do that task for the next forty years until you retire. Mm-hmm. I think you learn a task, but make sure it's a task that has transferable skill set, mm-hmm. or it's a task that, or it's a field where, in the process of you learning that. You learned a way to learn, so to speak. Welcome to No More Reasonable Doubt, a show focused on helping young professionals of color remove doubt, gain confidence, and have more impact. One important piece to making this happen is getting exposure to different people and different career paths. Today, our special guest is Fritz Charles. He has his own mobile app company, Q2 Mobile Apps. Fritz, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Mr. Ambassador. Uh, I'm honored to be part of this. Thank you. Thank you so much. So you guys need to know that Fritz is also a fellow Haitian. And one of the things that I always talk about is networking. And the way we connected is through a, a mutual friend's friend, James Lopez. Sure. So I know you're a man on the move here. So I'm going to jump right into it and let the people get to know more about you through the questions. Sure, First question sure. is, where are you originally from? So I'm originally from uh, Queens, New York, uh, a neighborhood uh, called Hollis. Um, you know, if you're into hip hop. That's a home of, of, of many historic uh, hip-hop uh, folks, whether it's uh, Run DMC to LL Cool J to Ja Rule. So, uh, you know, I, even though I could never never rap, I was never really good at it, um, that was always the example of, of, of people from my neighborhood that did something. And uh, like, you, like you touched upon earlier, my folks are from <clears throat> Haiti, so I'm a first-generation uh, Haitian-American. Uh, but yeah, that's, 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 that's where I was born and raised. Awesome. Awesome. So what do you, you know, we got the title of your company. What do you currently do for, for work? Sure, sure. So uh, I, I make mobile apps. So I do a few things. I make mobile apps for myself, and meaning that I hire folks to make mobile apps and I monetize them myself. I also do uh, mobile app consulting where I help companies that may have trouble marketing apps or even making money from their apps uh, do that as well. Um, and then also on the third level, I also make mobile apps for uh, small businesses as well as other people that may want to uh, make a mobile app. I've been doing this uh, two years, um, one year full-time, and I, my first year I did it part-time on the side while I held another job. We love side hustlers, man. We yeah, love, we, love, we love side hustlers. Uh, talk to me a little bit about the day-to-day. What, what is, and I know it's probably not a typical day. But sure. There's someone out there sitting, listening, like, "Yo, mobile apps. What's that all about? What would you tell them?" Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, my day to day, like you just touched upon, never really matches. Um, you know, on a uniform basis. Um, the interesting thing about me is that, you know, I went to school and I studied finance. Um, and so I'm not an engineer. I'm not a coder. So I, I can't make these apps. And also, so what I have to do is I hire folks to make apps for me. Um, and being that I am self-funded, meaning that I don't have outside investment, I have to use folks from abroad. So the people that work for me are all in Southeast Asia. So therefore, as soon as I wake up, you know, whether it's 6, 6.30, um, I already have a bunch of Skype messages, emails from the people that work for me in uh, these various places because they have already been up for eight, nine hours working on stuff that I told them to do, you know, the night before. Um, so, you know, kind of get up there and answer some of their questions, give them some tasks. Because a lot of times they may be stuck at a certain task. And I tell them, all right, well, this is what I want you to do. 
and work on that. Um, then I might, you know, log off, hop over to the gym real quick for maybe an hour or so, come back, shower, dress, and go down to a co-working space, which is basically a, a space where, you know, individual entrepreneurs, freelancers, they could just rent a desk. Um, and it's kind of an open space, and you could, you know, use that as a place to kind of get out. You know, for, not everybody can work from home. A lot of people work, like to work around an environment where everybody, everybody else is working. So head down there, continue my day. Uh, a lot of times I have either some calls or meetings with some potential clients or just, you know, just networking with folks that might be doing what I'm doing and we could kind of exchange, um, you know, ideas, exchange, um, you know, best practices, you name it. Um, then I'm, you know, doing a lot of, then I'm just kind of like doing testing of my apps that people have built for me. Um, I'm also, you know, doing some research into the app market, seeing what, you know, what apps are, are doing very well what's driving some of that when it comes to marketing and kind of taking, seeing what works and what doesn't work and trying to incorporate that into my um, day-to-day. Um, so, yeah, it's something, you know, that's kind of the gist of it, the order of which could change right. given what's going on um, and the nature of it could change given what, what's needed on the deadline, or so, so to speak. But that's, that's the gist of it. And I'm doing a lot of reading, a lot of reading. I mean, I'm always either taking some online course um, I'm always doing some, you know, reading some blog. I'm reading something around the news, around like, you know, whether it's business news, tech news, or just generally general news. Because a lot of time, a lot of things that drive what could make you successful and what you build for consumers incorporate what's going on, what themes are going on in the world today. Mm. So I always try to stay abreast of the news. Excellent. So now there is someone who is. Like, man, you know what? I'm from Hollis, Queens. Or I'm from Queens, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, or even New York City. Sure. And they're like, but you know, how does one go from New York City, which I've never even seen people really talk about apps. We may use them. Of course. To, to, to you going, hey, I don't know how to make them, but I know how to find the people who do. Like, sure. Help us, help us expand our minds, you know, because... It, that may be a place of limitation for us. It's like, of course. Well, how do you even make that, you know, uh, that leap, jump that chasm? Exactly, exactly. I mean, and it's something that, you know, a lot of people kind of bang their head against, and it's something I struggled with as well. Um, a lot of times it's kind of just, you know, start starting with Google, like Googling around, seeing, you know, hey, you know, how do I, you know, how do, how do I build the app and things of that sort, right? And so, and eventually most of what you will find will be, how do I build an app myself? Some other ways where some of the other things you may find is like, all right, how do I hire somebody to build an app? All right, it's, all right, well, that's where you focus on. And then you see, all right, well, if I hire, it, it sometimes it will point you towards resources where you can hire somebody that's in the U.S. Um, and then you look at the prices and you realize that's, that's way too much, right? Then you see some things that show you to resources how to get somebody to build something from across the world. Right, and then like it's like, all right, well, how do I even talk to somebody like that? How do I trust them, et cetera, et cetera? And uh, you know, and you stumble upon these these marketplaces, right? So there are two marketplaces that are pretty good for this. One is called Odesk, um, and another one called Elance. Um, they actually both actually just rebranded, and they're called Upwork. So it's U P W O R K dot com. Hmm. And on this web, on this website, you can post a job, even if you you're not exactly sure what it is. Just say, hey, I want an app 
that's going to allow me to download the latest R&B music. So it's just, you know, it's just putting some idea out there. And uh, you're just going to get a bunch of people from all over, all over the world bid on that job. I mean, like, all right, well, I could build this app for 200 bucks or 500 bucks or whatever it is. And you kind of sift through it, right? Um, and what you have to do is you look at the, you know, in this platform allows you to have ratings, just like, you, you know, maybe Yelp or something like that would. And you say, all right, well, you know, this, this person that's been on the job has bad reviews. He's probably going to, you know, he might be a scam artist. Stay away from that person, right? Mm-hmm. And this person has done a lot of work, um, great reviews. He, has, he or she has examples of work she's done. And, you know, that's somebody I could go towards and trust. Um, so yeah, it's not it's not an exact science. It does take a leap of faith, um, but it's definitely possible. And then there's as it, as it's become more more and more popular, there are a lot of resources online just to help you navigate. Like how do you how do I hire an outsourced programmer or outsourced designer? Um, if you Google that, you'll find a bunch of blog posts and things of that sort that kind of help you navigate that process. That's- and um, and I'm more than happy to you know, help whoever. So whoever's watching this, you know, Mike can share my information with you and I'm more than happy to, you know, help share some of how, how I got started. Much appreciated, man. And just the information you shared so far, I'm sure has opened the the eyes and what's possible for some people. It's exactly. like, oh, I got an idea for that, but I don't know what where to start. Exactly. You, you've definitely just changed that. Let's take a step back a little bit and talk about, so where did you go to school and what did you study? Sure. So, um, for, I went to. Well, I have a bachelor's and a master's. So for my undergrad, I went to uh, Brew College, which is part of the City University of New York. Um, it's just a, a public college in New York City. Um, you know, similar to you know uh, UMass Boston or you know Rutgers or something like that. Um, and uh, it's Manhattan, and it's actually the one. It's the part of the City University of New York that's known for business. So growing up, I didn't know exactly what I would be doing in business. Um, I just knew I wanted to do something business. Like I didn't really grow up any, around anybody that had that did anything in the business world. Um, in the community I, I grew up in, you know, the only thing that was, if you, you know, parents push you towards being doctor, lawyer, right, engineer, right. Um, most of the successful women in my in my family are all nurses, right. Um, so that's the only, I guess, professional um, exposure I had growing up. Um, you know. Uh, and so, but I knew, you know, I, I kind of knew about this Wall Street thing. I didn't really, I didn't really know the difference between Wall Street and accounting and like marketing. But I knew these people, you know, worked in Manhattan and wore nice suits and carried a briefcase and stuff like that. Um, and so I knew I kind of wanted to do something like that. So I, in, in high school, I decided I wanted to study finance or I wanted to study business. Ended up going to Brew College, and as I took classes and was gained more exposure. I've focused in on finance. Excellent. Now, so so uh, you also mentioned you have a, a master's. Yes, yeah. So I went to um, I went to uh, University of Pennsylvania Wharton School of Business for my MBA, um, but that was after working for a few years. Um, okay. So I got my MBA in entrepreneurial management. So initially, I. Uh, you know, I wanted to be a. When I thought of being a businessman, it was all. It was definitely for working in a corporation. So as I so I started in college, studied finance. I joined this 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 um, organization called Inroads, which is basically a, a organization that um, helps students of color find internships in corporate America. Mm-hmm. And through that, 
that that gave me a lot of exposure. So through that, I was able to get an internship on Wall Street without any prior experience. And I was, you know, I spent 10 weeks in the summer going to Wall Street every single day, you know, dressing, dressing the, the way that I'm supposed to be dressing, getting training on the weekends on how to carry myself in that environment. Because being from where I'm from, you know, you don't know where to even start, right? Um, the only the only type of dressing up I knew how to do was going to church, right? I didn't know this how it is in corporate America. Um, but while I was there, I learned about, you know, Wall Street. I learned about investment banking. I learned about sales and trading. And I, you know, kind of fell in love with becoming a trader, right? Um, and, you know, I, I, even though that wasn't where my internship was, I decided that was for me. I love the excitement. I love the competitiveness. And, you know, also it was something that a lot of people didn't think I could do because I, I went to a no-name college, right? And I didn't come from a background where a lot of the, you know, most of the people that entered in that world, um, they came from the bigger schools and they, you know, they, they were exposed to it early on. We left off talking about inroads and how that gave you exposure to different opportunities exactly. on Wall Street. Um, looking at trading, and that's what you want to go into. You yeah. mentioned that a lot of the people who were there, either from big schools or they've had exposure to it, you know, a long time ago, uh, yeah. through most likely through their family mentor or something of, of that nature. Uh, so we were leading up to grad school. So so take us to that to to that um, kind of what you did after college, and it looks sure. like this was kind of in college at inroads. What what happened right. next? Exactly. So uh, in college, I got inroads. Inroads exposed me exposed me to trading, and I said, "Oh man, I got to do this." And so, kind of went back. To, you know, that summer I went back to school, and you know, wanted to get the, one of those jobs. And I realized, you know, most of these companies don't recruit at my school for such jobs. And so, mm-hmm. I kind of had to hit the ground running as far as like, you know, reaching out to you know whoever I knew that you know might might know. These, uh, you know, human resources people at these various banks, emailing people. You know, I even like went and took an internship during school to augment my resume even more. Hmm. And so, you know, luckily I was able to get a job at, at Lehman Brothers, right? So at yeah. the time, Lehman Brothers was, you know, a, a big deal, right? right. Uh, little did I know what would happen in a few years, right? So I uh, worked there. So did about, uh, you know, ended up going there and it was it was awesome. I loved it. You know, I was uh, it was int- it was an intense job. You know, one of those things where I had to get I get had to get be be at work by six thirty seven a.m. You know, work till seven. You know, um, eat eat lunch on my desk. Super intense, um, but it, it, I definitely enjoyed it. Um, was doing well, and then you know, two 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 thousand eight, two years after I started, uh, Lehman Brothers was bankrupt, and I'm like, whoa, like what's going on here? Like what what? This is crazy, right? And so. And I saw what it would be like if I was to kind of keep going this co- corporate route, mm-hmm. meaning that, you know, through no fault of my own or no fault of my a lot of my colleagues, we were all without a job, right? right. And there was like so little. I just felt that moment of like, man, like I don't have control of my destiny, right? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of was like, hey, I, I need to, I want to be, I, I want to kind of enter into something more entrepreneurial where I could control things. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what. And so I decided a good way to kind of transition was to go back to school, expand my network a little bit, and things of that sort. And so, you know, I applied, you know, I took the GMAT, yeah. applied to business school, and I applied to a bunch of business schools. And, um, you know, uh, 
uh, luckily I was able to get into Wharton um, and, you know, ended up going there. And so when I was there, I kind of solely focused on everything around entrepreneurship. So taking classes around writing a business plan, taking classes around like competitive, at, you know, uh, researching competitors, researching the market, um, and also networking with some of my classmates that um, were entrepreneurs in the past, right? Mm-hmm. And so the cool thing about uh, business school is that you don't, most people don't go straight from school, uh, from undergrad. They usually go after working for a little bit. Therefore, a lot of people are a little bit older and they have experience. Right. And so you don't only learn from class, but you learn more from the people you go to school with. Um, and so that's kind of what I gained there. And so through that, I was exposed to entrepreneurship, startups, and uh, most importantly, tech. So tech as a way to be an entrepreneur. Right. And so um, being that, you know, you look at some of the other ways, right, whether, if, you know, you want to have a, a, a restaurant or invest in real estate or um, have a factory, you know, you need a lot of capital to get started. Mm. Whereas in tech, you know, like I just uh, hinted at earlier, you know, you could find somebody abroad and, and build something for, you know, a couple hundred dollars, a couple thousand dollars, mm-hmm. right? Um, that being said, it's, it's, lot, it's very risky. Um, but you know, as so if you want to get started, I don't think there's any other medium that allows you to get started as quickly, other as 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 tech. Great. So now you have so so you have um, now you have the undergrad, you have the MBA. Yeah. Now, do you uh, are you doing what you envisioned you would have been doing? Like, is this like I knew this is exactly I'd be working on these mobile apps, man. It's like five years. Dream. Yeah, yeah, no, no, definitely not, definitely not. I mean, uh, a little bit, um, but no, 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 no. I mean, uh, especially in this market that, or this, 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 this world where things change so quickly, mm-hmm. it's all, it's so, it's, it's, it's whole, so hard to say, right? Because, like, for instance, you know, I guess when you ask me if I, if, is this what I'll be doing? What, what time horizon? Do you mean like when I graduated college or yes. graduate? Okay. Yes, yeah, when I graduate college, no, definitely not. I mean, I thought, I thought I would be a Wall Street guy for a long time, right? I thought I'd be trading stocks even to this point, mm-hmm. and so I had no. To the fact that, I mean, to be honest, when I graduate college, you know, I'm aging myself a little bit, but the iPhone wasn't out. Mm-hmm. So this whole thing of mobile apps, what is that, right? right. Everybody was right. doing. People had, you know, uh, you know. I guess Nextels have had were were out of it, but like people start, had Razor phones. And if you were cool, you had a BlackBerry, and that was right. the only thing that connected to the net, right? Right, and so there was no concept of building apps on top of BlackBerry, right? Because it was just BlackBerry, and that was it, right? Um, you know, there were there were websites, but there weren't apps. Um, and then in '08 is when the iPhone came out, and at the first iPhone, still didn't have like an app store, so to speak. Right. It wasn't until the next version. So I would say not till like '09. That people were really making apps uh, or that could be consumed on different platforms, whether it's Android or iPhone. Um, so therefore, it was impossible for me to know that I would be doing this, mm-hmm. right? So I think that goes to a, a general point. I think the advice is constantly be learning, constantly be open, constantly be, nim- be nimble, right? So I, I don't know. If, I don't know if the the idea is to learn, you know, go to school and learn um, a certain task. So that you continuously do that task for the next forty years until you retire. Mm-hmm. I think you learn a task, but make sure it's a task that has transferable skill set, mm-hmm. or it's a task that, or it's a field where, in the process of you learning that, 
you learned a way to learn, so to speak, mm-hmm. right? So you want to be able to continuously identify and pick up new concepts because things will change fast, right? right? right. Um, so like, you know, like right now I got a, you know iPhone 6 Plus. Next year, who knows what the iPhone 7 look like, right? right. It might be something where it's connected to my arm and my glasses and like who even knows, right? right. And so when, I, when that comes in, I need to be able to quickly be able to gather concepts around what it takes to build on something like that, what are the opportunities, and what are the competitors that of any idea I might have, right? And who can I bring together to create something cool on that? So I think it's um, I think historically it was like learn a certain thing. I think now we have to learn to learn because think because things move for us, you know, millennials, things move so fast, um, and you never know what's going to be out later, right? Right, and you kind of jump right into the next question, which really is. You know, what advice would you give to someone who aspires to do what you do? Uh, you hit on, you, you know, you hit on uh, transferable skills, lear- learning to learn. Uh, is there anything else you would give? Any advice you'd give? Or, um, you know, stay connected to uh, people, right? Um, mm-hmm. People, people, I mean, there are books, there's the internet, which you will learn a great deal, um, but you can learn just so much from folks that either have done it before or even are not even doing anything close to what you're doing right so you know you may you know you may be wanting to do something in the sports arena right maybe you want to do i don't know sports management or something like that um and then you might be exposed to somebody that's either you know maybe in marketing or even somebody in medicine and you know at first glance it's like well how does how does this person help me you never know because i mean let's say you do something and you you start building a clientele and one of the clients get injured, right? And mm-hmm. you do have somebody in your network that can help with that. Or one of your clients wants to do a promotion with, let's say, a, a, a sports beverage. Mm-hmm. You have somebody mm-hmm. in marketing that can help you with that. Um, so, you know, and also <clears throat> the best way to stay connected to folks is to actually focus on giving versus mm-hmm. what you get. Um, you know, I, I think that's something that, uh, you know, you know very well, Ambassador Bruni. Um, and some of our, our uh, you know, uh, the guy that introduced us, Gene Lopez, he's really into that. Um, and, you know, it's some, something weird and it sounds like all mystic, but like the universe has a way of returning it back. Mm-hmm. It may not be the same day, it may not be within a year or even five years, but sometimes things come full circle. Um, and so, you know, focus on adding value and you'll get that value back. Even if... And don't focus on like, all right, well, I want to give value to that person only because I know that person is going to be a big deal mm-hmm. or is working on something big. Like one, you know, as I've learned things that, you know, there may be somebody, you know, I may have a colleague of mine or a friend of mine that, you know, maybe, you know, took, whereas I graduated in college on time and I had like, you know, high GPA, I may have somebody that, you know, might have fell out of college or taken six years to graduate and, Whatever, whatever, their, whatever reason, there was a reason for that. And they had that journey, right. and they're doing something amazing now, right? right? So if I was the type of person that I was like, oh, well, I can't really associate with somebody like that, um, or you know, if I kind of carried myself with a bravado, uh, you know, reconnecting with that type of person right now would be hard for me, right? Right. right. And so, you know, it's a balance. That being said, you know, you do want to surround yourself with people that are dr- super driven mm-hmm. and um, are focused. But that being said, you know, you have to, yeah, being a person of, uh, you know, good value and quality 
also means that people that you don't think could do for you right now, you also treat them very well, right? Because that changes in the blink of an eye. Right. right. So, um, you know, I think, folk, you know, network, and the best way to network is to add value and help. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for that, Prince. Speaking of adding value, you've, you've added so much value to, to my audience. Uh, you know, how do people get in touch with you? Uh, is there anything in particular that you're working on right now that you want to let them know about? Uh, maybe there's a way they can help you. You know, sure. uh, talk to us. Sure, sure, sure. Um, I, uh, I'm on Twitter. Uh, I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, my Twitter is uh, F underscore E underscore Charles. So it's a little bit confusing, but I'm sure, uh, you know, you could add it under, you know, the text, right? Yeah. Um, and sure my, and Mike, Mike, Mike and I kind of always go back and forth on Twitter, so he could definitely put, put us in contact. Yeah. Uh, but if you search Twitter for Fritz Charles, you should be able to find me. I don't, know, I don't think there's that many. Same thing on LinkedIn. Um, you know, my email is my first dot my last at, at gmail.com. So I'm more than happy to you know, sit down or, or, or spend time, you know, with, with somebody that may want to explore the world of finance or even explore the world of tech or entrepreneurship because I've done both. Um, and, uh, you know, I, you know, as far as anything I could uh, gain value from, uh, you know, if anybody has any, you know, cool idea for apps that they want to collaborate with, um, I'm more than happy to have a conversation. Um, you know, it might be something where maybe it may not make sense for us to work together, but, I'd be more than happy to point you towards resources, but then maybe it might be something that makes sense for us to work together and then we could create something, you know, that could be big, hopefully. So, um, we'll see. Awesome. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely available on, on all the, all the mediums. I'm on Google Plus. I'm on everything, right? So I'm on <laughs> Skype. So, uh, I'm, I'm more than happy to, uh, uh, extend, extend, uh, time. Fritz, we definitely appreciate you being so generous, uh, giving of your time and of your wisdom. Uh, so I extend a thank you on behalf of the No More Reasonable Doubt crew. All right. You're welcome. And my pleasure. All right, folks. That's uh, Fritz Charles. And so if you are a young professional of color who's looking to advance your career, who's looking to go from invisible to invincible, that's what we're here for. And I invite you to apply to be part of our membership. At this point, you can be part of our founding members. That's nomorereasonabledoubt.com.